Welcome to the Daily Bible Podcast, the show intended to help you get more out of your everyday time in the Word. This is a ministry of Compass Bible Church in North Texas, and if you'd like to join along with our daily Bible reading program, you can do so by going to compassntx.org and clicking on the Daily Bible Reading tab. Thanks for joining in for today's episode of the Daily Bible Podcast. Friday, and do you know where your kids are? My kids are at home because they had the day off today. Oh yeah, mine, mine do too. Yep. It's like a bad weather day that they didn't have to use. And so they're using it just to, to just take a day off. I'm okay with that. Can, yeah. I, can we take a day off too? Um, a bad no. weather, good weather day? Because it's actually going to be quite beautiful this week. I Yeah, and that's true. This is the time of year to be in Texas. It's like the one month, two month stretch that we get where it's like, ah, this is nice. I've been walking outside and it's really pretty. It is. Don't even need the jacket. Yep. Have you found out yet what the building is next door to us? No, I walked around to see if there was any signage or notification. It looks like they're trying to advertise the building as being a really great spot for this or that, but nothing to indicate what's going to be there. That's what I was worried about. I was worried about that it was going to be this like shell that they still have to lease the space out for. I think they do. That's a bummer. Yeah, it is a bummer. Yeah. I'm still praying for a Chipotle. But those are usually freestanding. Like I was observing that the other day because I drove by one. I was like, oh yeah, that's a freestanding building. Not always. I mean, sure. Probably many of them, most of them perhaps, but not all. So I'm hopeful. I mean, that or a salad and go or... I mean, even a Fuzzy's Taco, I like those guys now. But Salvin goes is like a stone's throw away already. Yeah, but I, I want something really close yeah. that's good to eat. Well, that I could walk to for lunch and walk right back to my desk. But I don't I don't think Salad and Go is going to be like, oh, we need to do that for Pastor Rod when they already have one that's... They might. I'm, on, you, I'm, I'm holding out hope. Have you reached out to them? No, but... Uh, do I would Salad be, and Go. I would, or, you know, or maybe even another, uh, another Hutchins. Hutchins Prosper. Okay. Now we're talking, right? Yeah, that place seems a little bit too small, though, for for uh, Not if a they lease the whole thing. Yeah, that'd be awesome. Can you imagine how good it would smell around our offices? I I would imagine that it you'd stop smelling it at some point. And I kind of don't. I, I like the idea, but I don't want to lose the specialness of the smell. Yeah. So I I love it, and I also hate it. Yeah. Did you follow this whole Keith Lee situation? Keith Lee's this really famous food reviewer. I guess his main platform is TikTok, but I, I, oh, I follow yeah. him on, on Instagram. Yeah. He, they mentioned him on on Instagram and yeah. said, "Hey, thanks for reviewing us." Yeah, they, they've been blowing at the blowing out at the seams because of this guy. People have been showing up from all over I to can, try their barbecue. I can vouch for that because when Pastor Kellen was in town, we took Pastor Kellen and, and Chelsea, his wife, out to Hutchins and. The line wrapped out the door and around the building. It took us forty five minutes to get up to order. That's crazy. Yeah. Well, I'm never going back then. Well. I mean, that's, that's, that's an overreaction. <laughs> hey, real quick. Yeah. I, I, someone emailed us and if there's resources, when we talked about reading, yes, there's two resources that are free that I wanted to remind everyone about because there people don't know. I was talking to someone this week yeah. who's a voracious reader and they're like, I just heard about Hoopla. And I'm like, how do you, how do you not know about that? So there's two apps, Hoopla and Libby. Uh, Hoopla, H-O-O-P-L-A, and then Libby, L-I-B-B-Y, that are apps that connect to your, I guess, your library, your local library. Yeah. And your local library offers Kindle books and and audiobooks that you can download for free and borrow just like a normal uh, normal book. So those are two resources for you to have. You should definitely download them, definitely connect your, your library card because uh, those are free. I mean, did I mention that they were free? And one of the books that you should read that I read recently, um, in the last six or eight months called, uh, the conviction to lead by Albert Moeller. Have you heard of this guy? I a couple things. He's a young buck. Yeah. I think he's out there in the, in the, in the Southern state somewhere. Anyway, this young guy writes this, 
Our spiritual maturity will never exceed our knowledge of the Bible. Talk about a hard hitting, like, duh, that's so good and so true yeah. kind of truth. Don't forget that. Go, in fact, when you de- get your Hoopla or Libby account, make sure to, to download that book and read it. Yeah. See what all the Hoopla is about. All the Hoopla. Yeah. Well, speaking of reading, we're reading the Bible. <laughs> How about that for that's, a transition? That's true. Dude, someday I'm going to be gone and you're going to be like, I miss horrible transitions. I, I, I don't know. Them. I don't know. I, we'll see. I think we so. should write them all down. Have someone catalog all of your transitions and we'll, we'll rank them. Well, I don't know about that. Yeah, but we are reading and uh, we're in Leviticus 11 through 13 today, right? Sounds right. 12, 13, yeah. And uh, chapter 11 is all about the animals. So if you're an animal lover, um, I don't know what you're going to think about this chapter because some of them are going to get eaten and some of them are just called unclean. Uh, And the greatest tragedy is that for Old Testament Israel, the the pig was unclean because the pig produces some of the best meat. Why was the pig unclean though? Well, because God said so. It's kind of the extent of it, for, for real though. <laughs> Can you maybe we right. should talk? Let's like, talk about that. Yeah. What's the underlying logic behind whether an animal or a reptile or a thing was clean or unclean? Why are these laws here? Yeah. Uh, some of it had to do with the nations around them and what they partook of, what they participated in, what their diets consisted of, and, and God wanting His people to be unique. And then other parts were, you know, if if the people were to stand out and be different, then it was important that there was a consistent way to measure what was appropriate and what was not appropriate. And so God decided, this is what my standard is going to be. And, and whether it's parting the hoof or chewing the cut or, or all those things that he gets into or in the waters, this, the things with scales versus the things that, that don't have scales and fits, there needed to be clarity. And that's one thing that we can appreciate about this, this section when it comes to God is God is clear about what he requires of his people and there's order to it as, as well as he's giving these, these instructions. He, but he wanted Israel to be different from the nations, even when it came down to what they put on their plate. Yeah. And, and there's been a lot of guesses about some of the underlying logic. And I think at the end of the day, that's really the best that we can do. Yeah. God had reasons, so they're not arbitrary. Um, they're not only cultic, although some of it was a cultic connection. Uh, the pagans would eat the pig's flesh, and that was part of their ceremonies, but so was the calf, so was yep. the ram. Yep. So it's not like we could only say that. Uh, we, we could also say that some of it perhaps was hygienic, I, maybe. I, God didn't say that, so yeah. we couldn't say that with certainty, but maybe that's part of it. Uh, it seems like a lot of it is symbolic, and that's Wenham's position in yeah. his commentary, which I really like and really appreciate. The symbolic nature of it is probably the closest we can get, although even, even saying that, we we can't stretch that too far because it's not like, and he quotes somebody saying, well, the reason why the uh, the cow is acceptable is because it chews the cud, and like the cow, we're to meditate and chew the cud of the word. Right. It's not that. It's yeah. not that. It is, it is more along the lines of, and, and this is a general rule of thumb that he submits, and I, I think is correct, that holiness and cleanness were represented by wholeness and uh, and normality. So things that were whole and normal were generally understood as being clean and holy. And when you work with that framework, that rubric, you begin to see some of the why it's compelling. It seems like that's kind of what God is doing. Although, although it's challenging sometimes to see exactly that, but I think that's what's happening behind the scenes. Yeah, I think that's, that's probably right. And, and later on, we're going to get to uh, some more clearly uh, applicable, clearly reasonable uh, measures of, of what they should and shouldn't eat. And we see that in the book of Daniel, for example. The reason why Daniel abstained from the food at the king's table in part had to do with 
the king was probably eating some of these things from Leviticus 11 that Daniel knew were against the law, that he shouldn't eat these things. But also the food there was offered to idols, and so that gets into a whole thing that even shows up in the New Testament, which we'll hit on when we get to the New Testament later on this year. Sounds good. So yeah, so you've got the uh, the land animals there in verses 1 through 8, uh, the, un- the clean animals there in verses 2 through 3, and the unclean animals in verses 4 through 8. And probably a good practice might be for you to go through your Bibles if you do mark up your Bibles. And encircle the words clean and circle the words unclean throughout these sections because that's you want to know what this is about. That's what it's about. It's about how to remain ceremonially pure, ritual, ritual, rich, rich, ritually. Thank you, ritually. Why does that sound so weird? Ritually, it's a sound now. It's not a word anymore. It's Mm. a sound. Ritually, that's that's weird. Say it ten times fast. I can't. Ritually, (laughs) that word. Anyways, it's all about that. It's all about that that cleanliness before the Lord, and, and this uh, overflows into the other chapters as well. But land animals, verses 1 through 8. Aquatic animals, sea animals, verses 9 through 12. You get the clean animals in verse 9, uh, the unclean, uh, 10 through 12. And then you get the air animals, uh, the, the birds. And there's a lot of unclean birds, man. That's mostly <laughs> what it's about here is the unclean birds that show up, which I appreciate that the vultures are unclean because – have you seen those turkey vultures around here? Those are cool birds, man. They're ugly and gross. They're cool. I mean, granted, they, they, they're scavengers. They eat yeah. lots of the, the meat that's decomposing, but they're cool. They're massive. They're huge. Wingspan of like 10 feet, maybe more, and they're just massive birds. I've be, Being a, a Southern California native, I don't think I saw, maybe maybe once I saw a turkey vulture. Yeah. Once or twice and, you know, in the, in the desert, maybe I'm going up to Joshua Tree. But here, they're all over the place. They are. It's like everywhere I turn, there they are. The hawks are all over the That's place. That's a bit the, of an exaggeration. I mean, well, they're, they're often <laughs> seen here is what, my, what I'm saying. Pretty much on a daily basis, they're, they're pretty evident. And let me just say, bro, I am walking in victory. I have not eaten one turkey vulture while being here. Okay. Well, good. I was wondering where you were going with that. I was like, what? <laughs> walking in victory? Where, where, what? I have not eaten any of the eagles. Yeah. I've not eaten a turkey vulture. How about the tiny owl, the barn owl? You know what? I did stumble the other day. The tawny owl? Yeah. Was that the one that got you? Yep. I don't even know what that's supposed to be. Yeah. And, and well, I guess that's worth bringing up too. Some of the animals here are the, the, the best, guess, best guess. Right. The best guess of the translator saying, we think that this is probably this. Right. Some of the animals, we don't know. Which yeah. again, that's fine because the, this is now null and void because this is part of the old covenant under Moses. We're no longer under this law. Yeah, interesting uh, that uh, the raven is unclean, and yet God uses the ravens to feed Elisha. Um, just kind of an interesting paradox there that that he's that is interesting. An that's a connection bird. I did not make. Yeah. It must be. I'm, I'm going to say then. I wonder if this is even the raven. Then I'm, I'm going to look at that. That's interesting. All right. Well, there you go. Stuck that in your craw. Yeah, I'm thinking about that. Uh, insects were prohibited, that, uh, of course, except for a few. And one of them is the locust. And so you may be thinking, well, winged in- insects are prohibited. So what about John the Baptist who was eating the locust? But the locusts are permissible. They're acceptable. Yep. So, I, I mean, I'm, I'm going to pass. Have on you that. ever eaten one? Nope. Ever? Nope. Have you ever eaten any insects? Yep. Yeah? Nope. Yes. Candied, chocolated, or otherwise? No, I haven't. I take that back. As a youth pastor, I made youth students eat insects, but I did <laughs> not eat them insects. Do it? Yes, it was wow. part of the Okay, game. I'm going to have your kids eat insects. They at did. My next Josh. Day Josh day. stepped up. He was like, "I'll That's eat gross. a chocolate covered grasshopper That's... and or a cricket or something like wow. that." Wow. Okay. Super salty. All right. Well, hey, good for you. Yeah, but I don't <laughs> think I've eaten any bugs. 
Well, maybe not on purpose, but if the studies are true, you probably eat stuff in your sleep. That's what they say. Well, that and peanut butter, like there's a certain number of insect legs right. that can be well, present peanut in butter a peanut butter and jar. chocolate and all sorts of things. Yeah. Every every factory food has contamination that's acceptable, which well, means yeah. you, eat, you eat insects all the time. And being outside, like I've, I've had the, the fly fly down my, my throat or the yeah. gnat or whatever. Had a hummingbird fly in one time, just went for it. Yep. <sighs> yep. Just, you know what? Well, you're there. Yeah. My stomach was all fluttery afterwards. It was weird. <laughs> Sure, it wasn't just Amanda. Uh, could have been. Could have been. It was Valentine's Day recently. Uh, so it's true. Why yep. do birds suddenly appear? Yeah, every time you're near. All right. Well, verses 24 through 28 in chapter 11, what to do when defiled uh, there by these creatures, verses 29 through 45, same thing, the the offerings, the, the purification that needed to be brought, and so forth and so on. So uh, God cares about what his people ate, and that's what chapter 11 is all about. This is part of the uniqueness. When God says, you shall be holy, for I am holy, I'm going to set you apart. You're going to be a people for my own possession. This is part of it. He's defining the parameters. This is why they were to be different from the nations. Chapter 11 is important, too, because this is one of the defining features of what it meant to be God's people. This is like the thing. Right. Granted, they co- they kosher, right? They, they, they live a certain way, they dress a certain way, but this is kind of the thing. And this is one of the vestiges of the Old Testament that really struggled to, to change in the New Testament. Remember, we just talked about Peter the other day in Acts chapter 10, 10 yep. um, where he's struggling to say, Lord, I'll never eat those things. And right. he's like, no, you better eat them, y'all. This is for you. <laughs> and then you have uh, Jesus declaring all foods clean. I mean, he's just radical changing of the identity of those who are associated with the covenant God, Yahweh. Yeah. So this is a big deal. For us, we read this and say, oh, that's interesting. Really, you know, passe, but interesting. For them, this was this was such an identity marker. And I'm grateful that this is no longer the case for us. It's not that it's not what goes into the body that makes us unclean. It's what comes out of the heart, Jesus says. And so what the food represented is what now the spirit does internally. We're clean and unclean, not by what we eat, but what's happening in the heart. And that's what this ultimately was meant to point to. Right, which that's interesting that you just brought up there. That passage when he talks about what uh, comes out of the mouth is what defiles a person. Um, because in that text, it says with that, he declared all foods clean. Mm-hmm. But then it's that's Mark 7, by the way. But then it's not until Acts chapter 10 after the ascension that you actually have that taking root in Peter's mind and, and his understanding. Yeah, they didn't understand it at that time. And Mark is, interestingly enough, Peter's biographer. Peter's disciple, yeah. So it's just a fascinating gap that took place there that, that Peter says that was the moment that everything became clean when Jesus said what comes out of the mouth is what defiles a person. But it's not until Acts chapter 10 that that really begins to dawn on everybody. It seems like so much of what Jesus initiates in his public ministry actually doesn't get fully inaugurated until after his resurrection and his commission of his disciples. So while that might be the case, and Mark would recognize that's when it started, um, that's the formal starting place, but it actually isn't initiated in its entirety until Jesus ascends to the right hand of the Father, commissions the disciples, and now, even after that, still, you know, within the book of Acts, he's still trying to get it through to Peter. Hey, I'm doing a new thing. Um, Because Jesus is offering breadcrumbs all over the New Testament, but still, it takes time for these things to unfold. And that's the nature of progressive revelation. It's not it's not like a clean black and white image. It's more like hey, there's there's shades of clarity that are continued to be understood as time goes on. Right. Because even remember, in, in, in a lot of times I think we can we look down and we're like, well, how could you not get this? But remember, even in, in Acts 15 in the Jerusalem Council, like they're they're still wrestling with what do we do with the law and oh, new yeah. converts? How do we do with this? What what are we supposed to require? What are we not supposed to require? And uh, and it's because to our point of what we're talking about here, this is what had defined the Jewish people for, for centuries, for millennia. And now all of a sudden it's, 
Like, okay. no, I'm not doing that anymore. What are we doing now? What, are, what yeah. should we do? Um, so it was a, it was a, a unique time. Massive change be, in identity. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Chapter 12, then we get a whole chapter dedicated to purification after childbirth. Interesting chapter. Yep. And I'm just going to lay my cards down. I don't know what to do with this. Like it's, I, I get, I get it. I understand yeah. what it's saying. I understand what the rules are, but why it's there. I, I guess I have ideas, but I, I don't know. Like, it just seems to me like it's a discouragement from having babies. If you're going to be unclean for a certain period of time, especially if you have a girl, then I, it seems like I'm not going to want to yeah. have kids. But, and yet scripture is very positive about kids. It's very, hey, go have kids, right? Be fruitful and multiply. Um, right. Having kids is a good thing. So I, this is an interesting section for me. I'm still kind of working it through my brain to figure out how it fits in the scope of what God's trying to do. Yeah, I would agree. I, the only thing I think we can connect this to is what we're going to get into in a couple chapters here with the laws regarding bodily discharge. That fluids, yeah, the, the fun stuff. Yeah, the fluids of the body, which certainly in this whole process of childbirth that that's involved, that uh, that, that would be defiling um, and render the person unclean. Um, right, and I get that, but what? This is, a, this is a good and natural thing. Right, so this is something God commissioned. This is what's supposed to happen in the normal, ordinary course of a Hebrew-Israelite life. Why is this, in my mind, something that is righteous and holy and, and good and valuable? And I get it, the fluids. Okay, but, the, but why? Why is this event connected to that? Uh, anyway, I, I don't want to belabor this, but this, this one challenged me. Challenges, yeah. present tense. Yeah, yeah. Similarly, I mean, the the we're going to get to the Day of Atonement in a little bit, and the 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 person charged with leading the goat under the into the wilderness comes back unclean because he mm-hmm. had to lead this goat, and like, like he's not guilty of anything, right? But because he was in proximity to the to the goat, the scapegoat, he comes back and has to wash before he's considered allowable and permissible to come back into the, right. the presence of the people again. Right. Just some interesting ways that God deals with with His people. Yeah. Well, are we still bound by that today? The, uh, the, the childbirth laws? No. 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 So uh, that's, that's helpful. That's a good thing. So we believe in having kids. So if that's still your, uh, your wheelhouse, go for it. It's funny that you asked this because <laughs> there's someone that you and I both know who thought that this was meant to be applied. He gets saved. He starts reading the Old Testament, starts trying to keep all the laws in the Old Testament. Not, not supposed to do that. Dude, I, I, I know somebody as well who still practices as a believer. No. Yep. The period of time that was to be really? abstained and everything else. Yeah. No kid. Why? I don't know. Okay. I don't know. Okay. But he did. Yeah. All right. Let's talk about the real fun stuff. Let's talk about skin diseases. That's what you're here for. You want to know, <laughs> what do we do with leprosy? By the way, if you're looking to get leprosy, uh, come talk to us. But also, uh, hang out with the armadillos. <laughs> because those are the only animals in the United States that currently carry leprosy. Leprosy, leprosy proper. Yes. Because I guess you're probably going to clarify what, what leprosy is or isn't, at least as we understand it in chapter 13 of Leviticus. But yeah, um, maybe don't talk to me. Uh, talk to Pastor PJ. He wants to talk to you if you're trying to get leprosy. Yeah. Well. Go get it together. But if you have it, I don't want to talk to you. <laughs> Why? Because it's not clean? Well, because it's contagious. Oh, that's better. Yeah. If you show up at the office saying, unclean, 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 then we'll know. <laughs> and Kelly will greet you. <laughs> We're going to close our office doors. Yeah. No, uh, as you alluded to, leprosy was, was the umbrella category for many different kinds of skin diseases here. And, uh, and this was, uh, what was being dealt with in this chapter is not just leprosy proper, but 
you know, any sort of skin disease that showed up on a person and they were concerned for the spread and God was concerned about that. And so part of this was for the, the health of the people, but then also part of it had to do with, yeah, ceremonially with the law, what made you clean versus unclean? What made you fit to enter into the, the, uh, the house of the Lord? What didn't make you fit? And, and this is why leprosy was such a devastating disease, not only because of the impact on the person that it, it, it afflicted, uh, physically, but also because of spiritually what that meant for them. The lepers, for example, in Jesus' time, were excluded from the worship of the people. They couldn't be in anywhere in the, the community. They couldn't go to the temple. They couldn't bring their sacrifices and their offerings mm. because they were permanently and perpetually unclean. And so when Jesus heals the lepers, for example, remember when he heals the 10 lepers and only one comes back to say thank you, uh, the reason he's shocked by that, it, it's not like Jesus heals the common cold. Like th- th- That'd be great, but you might go, okay, great. That Time would have taken care of that too. No, right. this was a restoration back to society. This was a restoration back to the, the religious life for these, these people that were healed by Jesus. And so leprosy was a, a massive issue here. And chapter 13 deals with everything from what do you do with the garments to what do you do with the houses to all of these things uh, when it comes to the the skin disease. So in my reading, it seems like some of the the skin diseases that are in reference here, something probably akin to, or either exactly is psoriasis, which I've seen before. That's, uh, that's tough. Um, by the way, don't Google these. I may not have done that, <laughs> but psoriasis, uh, something called, and I'm not sure if I'm pronouncing it right. Favus, Favus, F-A-V-U-S. Okay. Um, that one's gnarly. And it seems like that's partly what's being described here in, in Leviticus chapter 13. Now, another one that's a, a little more innocuous that maybe Michael Jackson had, leucoderma, which is that splotchy, you know, s- s- patches of skin that are lighter than the rest of it. At least that's what Michael Jackson said. He had a skin condition and that's what made him the color that he was. Right. Uh, so, I mean, again, leprosy is, 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 is the term that's being used here. It's not medically the right term. And the reason that we use it, it has a traditional element too. That's the word that we, that we chose to use, but it's probably not Hansen's disease, which is modern day leprosy. And, and that's why in the text, the Hebrew, it's saying disease more than it is. It's not identifying the specific saying this is lepros- leprosy with every single right situation being addressed here. Good point. Yeah. Yeah. But even the clothes were to be burned and this is where we get into the warp and the woof of the, 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 the garment. And I think what, what, is so off-putting to me about that is these were animal skin garments. Like this isn't like your knit sweaters or anything else like that. This is the diseases <laughs> transferring over into this this animal skin that you're wearing, and that's it's just not pleasant. Yeah, it's just be a bummer, man. If you had a leather jacket and it had some stuff oh, on dude, it, it was my favorite jacket. Yeah, right. You would be really bummed to lose that. Yeah, but it's leprous. You got to get rid of it. That's you burn it up. Can't I? No, it's got to go. It's got to go. Well, there you go, guys. Leviticus 11 through 13. Again, we're in this heavy section of talking about what is clean versus what is unclean. And again, because why? Because God is setting his people apart. Today, again, what do we do with this? How do we walk away from a passage like this? And what do we draw away from it? I think one just general principle for us to take away from this is God desires us to be clean just as much as he desired them to be clean. But it looks different for us today. It's, it's now about fulfilling the law of Christ. It's now about fulfilling love, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength and love your neighbor as yourself. It's the, it's the, the cleanliness of the sanctification process. In fact, Paul says, he, he describes the ungodly people. He says, such were some of you. And then he goes on to say, but you were washed, you were cleansed, you were sanctified. And so even the language of being cleansed, I mean, ultimately we are positionally clean in Christ because of our relationship to him and because we possess his righteousness. But sanctification, really, you can think of it as the 
the the process of being progressively cleansed from that point forward until we are ultimately finally clean when we are in eternity with the Lord. So we don't have to worry about you know what food we're putting on our plates or or you know if we have uh, the, the 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 leprous garment in our 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 closet or not. Although if you do, just throw it out; it's fine. Um, but God does still care about our purity. Yeah, and I think the, going back to what we said earlier, one of the things to keep in mind here is that holiness and cleanness were connected to wholeness and normality. So yeah. what we're looking at here is, is is the very stringent standards for what represented God's ideal, the perfection. And this is why we look at texts like this, and again, you're going to read this and say, why am I reading this? Well, what's, what, how is this important for me as a Christian? And at minimum, at minimum what it does, if not so many more things that I can think of to apply to you, at minimum what it does is helps us to appreciate what Jesus has done for us. Because I can't think of anybody who hasn't had some kind of skin disease, some kind of, I mean, uh, we struggle with eczema in my family. That's a problem. And I think that would exclude them from being clean. Mm-hmm. My va- I wouldn't be able to meet with my family because they would be unclean. I don't, yeah. know if, I don't know that for a fact, but I just know that Jesus has changed, radically changed the standards by which we can approach God. Where once we used to be in fit physical health, now Jesus, our perfect sacrifice has, because he's without blemish, he's made it possible for everyone Man, woman, child, menstrual cycle, no menstrual cycle, uh, discharge of the body, no discharge of the body, uh, leucoderma, no leucoderma. All of us can now approach the throne of grace in flawless perfection because of what Jesus has done. Things like this remind me how important it is what Jesus has done. Yeah. It's an encouraging way for us to wrap today's episode. Keep reading your Bibles and tune in tomorrow as you can hear Pastor Al talk more about discharges. (laughs) Can't wait. See you then. Bye. Hey, thanks for joining us for another episode of the Daily Bible Podcast. We hope and pray this has been a blessing to you and your time in the Word. If it has, if you would subscribe to this podcast, leave a like, leave a comment, and share it with some friends and family, that would be awesome. If you need more information about Compass Bible Church here in North Texas, you can go to compassntx.org. Again, that's compassntx.org. And we'll be back with you tomorrow for another episode of the Daily Bible Podcast.